Let's welcome everybody into our Real Kipper and Born National Hour. We are live on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. And this hour of Real Kipper and Born brought to you by Bet365. So Vancouver and Calgary, good way to tee off this Monday. Not often you see a trade between two teams and then tee it up a few days later. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I really enjoyed that game. Uh, nice to see Zadorov almost score, too, against his old team, the empty netter that got tipped on the way. But He also had a bomb from the half boards that missed by a centimeter, too. He hits it hard. He's got to be really in hard. the top, I don't know, 15 guys in the league or something. We got Sat Shaw, who's going to join us momentarily from Canucks Central, Canucks game host as well, and we'll get his thoughts. Uh, but my first one is... Man, he's a big guy mm-hmm. who can move. Yeah. And that is a scene we don't see too often in the National Hockey League. Well, he is one of those rare guys, and you feel like some of the best big men kind of take some time to figure it out. I'm not saying he's Zdeno Chara, but, you know, that was a Chara thing. Early in his career, I remember watching him with the Islanders. It wasn't like it was in Norris Trophy Bruins no. years. So. This guy's going to get better for them. He has a lot of tools. And, I mean, look at the Canucks decor. All of a sudden, you look at it and go, gosh, that's that's pretty good. So, yeah, good thing for the Canucks here. Myers and him playing together is Hilarious. a lot of human being on the back end. That's not something you want to go up against. They call him the chaos giraffe. I just, wanted, back there. I just wanted to read the AP headline of the, um, of the Canucks, and, <laughs> uh, Canucks and Flames game on Saturday here. I'm just pulling it up. Um, sorry, I just lost it. Oh boy, here we go. Uh, Mikheyev and Lafferty lead Canucks to 4 3 win over the Calgary Flames. So, a couple of guys <laughs> you missed that in our Leafs hour. That's when you should have led with that one. Mikheyev and Lafferty, two fast, long guys who can contribute, kill penalties. Two guys, and if you include Zadorov at what a third and a fifth, not exactly a big. Big uh, pieces to give up no. to get some real quality uh, depth in your lineup. Yeah, they you know they took on some money you know with the Zadorov thing, but you got rid of it with Pavilier, so it makes sense. You know who I think deserves some love on that Canucks decor is Ian Cole. Wherever he goes, they seem he you know he makes a difference for them. You know, is with the Avalanche and pretty good. The Wild, Carolina, Tampa. Every time he's on a decor, it's like their team have some success. Yeah, in a championship, no. Right. Yeah, yeah, he's been a part, yeah, in 2016-17. 16, Pittsburgh Penguins on That's a right. decor that you wouldn't have probably looked twice at. He's just one of those ends guys. Up winning a Stanley Cup, led by Latang. He might have won both of them. Yeah, he's got two really long playoff runs on his elite prospects, 24 and 25 games. So I imagine he did win two yeah, cups. there you go. And he's a steadying guy. Once they have Susie back, like all of a sudden the Canucks have a really solid decor. And I'm sorry, but an opening goal that looks familiar with a, a few other goals this year by Quinn Hughes. Like, I, I, it's, it's, it's not a great angle for Markstrom. Low glove. But you cannot catch what you cannot see. Yeah. Gets that off awfully quick. I got to ask, like, you know, and we can get into this with Sat when you guys talk to him, but what fan base has had their expectations shift more? From the start of the season till where we're sitting at right here than the Vancouver Canucks. It's I don't crazy. know that I've ever seen it. I don't know that I've ever seen like, a team go in. Think about what we were talking about this team like heading into the season. Yeah. You know, Rick Tockett took over. They were good last year, but you don't know if that's a at the end of a year thing. You don't know. Yeah. And now you look at their 
what are they, plus 35 goal differential. They're right there. They're ahead of the Kings, who are really good. They're right behind the Golden Knights. And they're just like a legitimately with a great goalie, well-coached, good decor, good forwards. Like, well, how do we not see this? Well, so it kind of makes me feel sane because last year I would go on Halford and Bruff in the mornings and they'd be like, what do you think? What's going on here? And I'd be like, I don't know. They're good. Yeah. There's a good roster. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. They got good players. So I I think Vancouver's turned themselves into the poster child for about 12 other teams right now going maybe we're not as bad as we thought, maybe with a couple of changes or just a a new attitude, uh, we can turn ourselves around as quickly as Vancouver the has. The Flames could have been thinking that on the other side of the game Saturday night, going, boy, you know, flip a couple guys, who knows here. Okay, as promised, uh, Sat Shaw, host of Canucks Central and Canucks game host, will join us. Sat, thanks for doing this, pal. How are you? I'm doing great. Always a pleasure, boys. How are you guys? We're good. We were just mentioning not often that you can see a trade and then watch it uh, from both sides of it like we did Saturday night, but I don't think it disappointed. No, I don't think it did. Uh, I mean, Nikita Zadorov uh, got an assist. He was out there for the minutes, and, uh, um, uh, you know, he's he's been... He's what this team has needed in terms of adding somebody else in the back end. Uh, this team hasn't been short of storylines with their success so far this season. The Pedersen contract that has yet to be signed and a bunch of other things going on. But it was nice to uh, have a new storyline about a trade. And, and honestly, a team that's played really well. And you were kind of worried about some of the depth on the blue line. And getting a guy like Zadorov paid dividends right away against Calgary on the weekend. So, Sat, I kind of want to ask you, not even about this year, but about the year before. And, like, this team has a lot of the same pieces. Where was this? Like, I was saying before you came on, like, I kind of thought they were good before and they weren't. So, I guess what's changed and why wasn't it working prior to this? Well, I I know, Justin, because uh, we've spoken to you. I've heard your hits on Halford and Brough as well. And (laughs) I know you're always kind of flabbergasted. Like, this is a talented hockey team. Look at Patterson. Uh, look at Miller, look at Hughes and Demko and a number of other star players they have on this team. I think a lot of it honestly comes down to stability organizationally, having real alignment now with the head coach and the players and obviously with the management team. And, and I do think what they needed to do was really shake up that core, shake up um, what has sometimes been kind of deemed as a country club atmosphere uh, in Vancouver over the years in terms of how people felt about the players not taking enough accountability. So I do think it, it was a lot of maturation individually for a lot of these players the organization being aligned and you know changing the mix enough that they had to build a new standard new culture and in terms of how these guys are playing i mean last year yes they struggled yes there's a lot of stuff going on but they really shot themselves in the foot more often than not i mean they had the most unforced errors in the league i would say based on the turnovers bad turnovers they had defensively they weren't paying attention to what other teammates are doing guys were playing for themselves it was Kind of like guys making sure that they're getting their stats when the team isn't performing well, when they didn't feel like the organization was going the right direction. The players went out and just produced. So last year, look, you saw Horvat career year, but defensively, he struggled. They look at JT scored. Defensively, he struggled. All their key players were scoring, but they weren't doing anything defensively. So I think it's been more than anything, a real mindset change and having real organizational alignment for the first time in many years. Uh, JT Miller, to me, is, I think, the biggest thing that I look at Sat, when I see the Vancouver Canucks on a guy that maybe had a reputation for looking after himself first or being loud in the room uh, uh, at the most inopportune time. And yet now this year it's completely fallen into place. Is that 
Rick Tockett? Is that maturation out of Miller knowing where he is in his career? Where do you where do you look at first? I think maturation plays a part into it and not to get too, you know, philosophical here. I mean, uh, Kiffer, you would know better in terms of uh, NHL locker rooms and everything, but he's the type of personality that's a real alpha personality. He's a guy that isn't disliked by his teammates. I think last year, some stuff came out about him being a salty teammate. And I think that was taken out of context because the guys on the, on the team all love him and they all got along with him. And I know there's been some talk that over the years, him and Patterson maybe weren't, you know, best of friends, but it's been, you know, a fine working relationship at the very least. So I think there's some maturation being done, but I think a lot of it comes down to accountability. He's the type of guy that needs to have somebody above him that he respects, somebody who's not afraid of calling him out, holding him accountable, and, and not even so much about yelling at him and getting mad at him, but somebody who can relay that message with a, with a level of respect. It just seemed like last year under Bruce Boudreaux, a guy that very clearly was on the way out, and it was very clear that he wasn't the organization's guy. It was. It got to a point where it seemed like the players were just were not responding the way they would to a guy that they felt like was a lame duck head coach. So I think having a personality like Rick Tockett that can hold Miller accountable but also relate to him in a certain way, I think he's one of those guys, like a wild stallion in many ways, that you need to just harness the right way and make sure that energy is being put into the right areas and the fact that you don't let that get the better of them. And I think that's a big part of it. Maturity is part of it, yes. But I do think when you have a personality like JT Miller, you need to have a good cohesive ecosystem around them with accountability with other leaders that aren't afraid of calling guys out if they have to. But having a coach who earlier this season, the game they were winning, benching him for five minutes. And this is where JT was leading the league in scoring. The coach wasn't afraid of sitting him down after taking two bad penalties at the end of the second period to cool down. And he said after the game, it is for accountability and also making sure that that guy harnesses his frustration and energy the right way so i do have to give a lot of credit to rick tockett and having the leadership group now where guys are holding each other accountable a bit more you know i look at the best teams the teams that win stanley cups and and a lot of people will tell you there's a number true number one d man there's a true centerman and a goalie that seems to be like a an integral part of most stanley cup teams the canucks check those boxes you know quinn hughes is not your prototypical big number one guy but he does defend, and it sounds like he's taken some offense at the implication he doesn't defend. Talk about uh, his evolution a little bit into a guy that they can use as much as they do in both ends of the ice. Well, he's, he's really matured in a huge way, and it's not that he's afraid of taking chances. I don't think that's where his game has changed, really. I think it's really come down to his eagerness and willingness to get into the tougher areas. And it's not even so much about going out and hitting a guy, but it's about you putting yourself between a guy sometimes. You not being afraid of going to the corner and digging a puck out and being on the right side of a guy in front of the net even. And those are the types of things that, hey, you don't have to be the most physical guy, but don't let somebody just go right through you. And I think those are the things that he's done a really good job of. But he's such a smart player, and he's using his smarts with his anticipation to break plays up and get ahead of things. You see his stick being the right in the right passing, shooting lanes, deflecting pucks, and, and angling guys away. He's really matured in terms of how he's defending, not necessarily with size and strength, but just being smart about where he puts his position, where he puts his body, and where he puts his stick. And it's really evolved in a massive way. You don't see him really get beat wide very often. And as you would think a guy that can skate well shouldn't get beat wide anyways, but his angles are better. His gap control is a lot stronger. And it's stuff that doesn't really stand out to you for a guy who's not big. You got to really watch him closely in his own end, but he really excels with, with the little details of defending. And it's pretty impressive seeing him grow in that aspect when it was a clear you know, weakness of his game only a couple of years ago. We're talking to Sash Shaw, host of Canucks Central on Real Kipper and Bourne. 
Uh, Sat, if if you look at uh, the change between the offseason with Hironik and now Zadorov, I mean, those are major changes that other teams can dream of because they're so locked in um, and, and not being able to get either money in or money out or, or, or add on its own. So where do the Vancouver Canucks go from here? Is this, can you see this roster settling in at, at, at a certain point or are they still looking? I think that they're very much still looking. Uh, the guy on the back end that they're trying to get done is Ethan Bear. And whenever he's willing to sign, we'll see if they are able to get that over the finish line. I wouldn't be shocked, guys, that if they are able to clear a little bit of more cap space, that they're still kind of in the market around some defensemen. I know Chris Tanev is going to be really hard to pull off. We know that a team like Cal- uh, LA, I mean, sorry, Toronto's obviously been interested in him as well. I know Elliot mentioned how both Zadorov and Tanev were kind of guys that were after to get. If the Canucks can clear cap space, I wouldn't be shocked if we start hearing them maybe sniffing around Tanov again to shore up the defense even more. And even if they do all those things, guys, let's say they are able to get another defenseman and sign Ethan Bear, I still think they're going to be open-minded to doing some stuff up front because as good as this Canucks team has been offensively, I think the goal scoring is somewhat misleading. They lead the league in goal scoring, but they don't generate consistent chances uh, for that to really stay on top of the league the entire season. I think there will be a time where if they can add another top six guy that can fit in I think they would look at that as well because right now they have players like Sam Lafferty, Phil Giuseppe uh, for a while was playing with J.T. Miller. So when you're using guys who are more third-line players, fourth-line players, filling in that F1 spot uh, on the top six line, it means there's still some room for improvement. Clearly the defense is a priority, but you guys know Jim Rutherford, Patrick Alvin, obviously making more trades than anybody ever since being named the Canucks GM over a year and a half ago that they're still going to be very active on the trade front. I don't think even if they add a couple of defensemen, they feel like this team is a finished product. I still think they would love to add some more talent up front if possible. Yeah, that's that's the fascinating part here is I think there's been a recognition more than in the past or a lot of other front offices like this team started out hot and they were kind mm-hmm. of like, yeah, but we still need some work, which is pretty impressive to see. Uh, I was one of the people who was like, I don't think the Canucks are quite this good when they came out really good. And I know that was not a very popular sentiment in Vancouver because there was a lot of people basically being like, we know, we know it's not going to, you know, they're not going to shoot at this great clip. So, you know, you think that this kind of puts them in an all-in position then to continue to improve as as they move towards the trade deadline. I know they don't have a ton of flexibility, but where do you see them, their true talent level compared to the other elite contenders in that division, uh, you know, Vegas and Los Angeles? I think they're a notch below. So I, I'd say the top tier in the Western Conference, you have teams like Vegas, you probably put Colorado in that in that spot as well, right? And Dallas is kind of in that mix. I think Vancouver is just a tier below. And I, I'd say LA is in the same mix as Dallas and Vegas right now. But I think Vancouver is a stronger team than, than teams like Calgary, obviously. They're stronger than teams like Seattle, I think, and even you know clubs like, like the St. Louis Blues. Maybe the Winnipeg Jets are somewhat in that same tier what Vancouver is. So I think they're just a notch below those top-end teams. If they're able to add a bonafide top four defenseman and a top six player, then all of a sudden I think you can talk about Vancouver maybe being in a similar class to Dallas, being a similar class to the Vegas Golden Knights. They're not too far off. When you have a great goaltender and you have the star players, if you get hot, you can still cause a lot of troubles for teams in that first or second round of the postseason. But in terms of being able to go head-to-head, there's still a talent gap between the very top teams in the West and where Vancouver is. But it's still, I think, a a graduation point from this team from being a team that was really in that mushy middle heading into the year in terms of how people viewed them. Now they're kind of viewed as a bonafide playoff team. 
that's maybe one or two moves away from putting itself in that discussion of being a Stanley Cup contender. So one more for me before I let you go. And uh, I just wanted to circle back on Zadorov because, again, the, the price wasn't necessarily a, a first yeah. or a second round pick here. So is this uh, an, a, a rental situation? We know Zadorov left Calgary because he was not happy that they had they didn't have any interest in resigning him. So uh, wh- where is Vancouver on long term Zadorov? I would be surprised if they don't get Zadorov done at some point. And I'm not saying imminently, but I'd be surprised that by the time we get to the offseason that they don't get Zadorov done to an extension. I think that connection with Dan Milstein and, and this front office has, has been too seamless and too fruitful for them not to get something done in this aspect. So I don't think they view him as a pure rental. It is interesting, though, that when you start looking at the cap space they have for next season and they still have to sign Pedersen, they still have to sign Philip Peronik, and there's only so much cap space you have for it to go around. But I think even if those guys aren't quite done yet, they have a ballpark idea of what those ranges will look like for those two players. But but I would be surprised, Kipper, that if they don't get Zadorov done, I, I think this was done in mind for helping them this season, but also being a player that they feel like can really fit in with this head coach and this organization long-term. Okay, well, if I'm going down this path, we might as well go one more with Petey and where where that number could lie. Are you... Uh... Are you in, in the market obsessed enough like uh, many here in uh, the East on Willie Nylander and his contract number and daily uh, water talk? It moves like the stock market here. Water, oh, it's 11-4, 10-9, 10-9. Water cooler talk here. It's gone down. So when he when he was leading the league and scoring, Elias Patterson was like, is he going to be the highest paid player in the league? Is somebody going to pay him more than what, what Connor McDavid is getting and what Austin Matthews is getting? And and now he's cooled off and he's, he's you know, way down the list. I think he's eighth or ninth now and as far as the top scorer in the league. So people are looking at it and saying, well, is he closer to 10 or 11 million now? And I think the truth has always kind of been in he's not obviously in the same class as Mick David and Matthews yet. Matthews, the goal scoring rate is just incredible what he's done. So I do think that those guys have a greater track record clearly of where than where Pedersen is. So I never took it real seriously for him to be a guy that makes 12, 12 and a half million. I kind of look at the, the contract David Pasternak got 11 and change perhaps over, you know, whether that's five years, whether that's four years or even longer. I've always kind of viewed his range of being somewhere in that aspect Guys, I think it simply comes down to Elias Pettersson right now. I, I think this management team has made it very clear. Uh, they believe in this player. They want to keep this player. They're willing to sign him whenever he's ready. It just comes down to, number one, what term is Pettersson looking for? Is it three? Is it four? Could it be a longer-term contract? And when is he willing to put ink to paper? And so far, as much as Pettersson's camp um, has said things are positive, he hasn't been willing to take that step yet to sit down and really hammer out a contract and hopefully it's only a matter of time, but I'd say the range would kind of be in that Pasternak contract when it's all said and done. Sad, great stuff, man. So appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. Hey, always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Sad. All right. Sad Shaw, host of Canucks Central, Canucks game host, does a terrific job out there. Yeah. It's, fu- it's funny. It is very similar with the Willie contract. We haven't talked about it in however many shows it is funny that we haven't every time he scores it's like it's going up it's going up and when he doesn't score no one says it's going down yeah well because it's not going down i think we all are pretty yeah under it's the not well. going yeah. down but i don't i think it's probably pretty similar with Patterson. it's not going yeah. down there's one thing that that's that mentioned which i want to just pick up a little bit with you guys and uh jt miller and he said alpha dog yeah i am a big believer in an 
alpha Let dog. Me, there's no the one you love more in the in the league. I don't think. Yeah, you, you love. love yeah, he is your guy. And it's well, great. That's listen, okay. It's not a criticism. It's not J T. Miller. It's not. I just love the fact that there's some guys in there that can just have no problem taking the weight on their shoulders, yeah. and he is one of them now. So yeah, it was kind of ugly last year for him. Uh, kind of ugly in terms of probably listening to everybody come every which way and tell you that you need to go and Bo Horvat needs to stay. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's, he hung in there. Everybody thought that the contract was a disaster yep. last year. And now it's good value. And how much has he really changed? Well, so this is something that's impressed me with Miller is when Miller talks about his season last year, he doesn't go, well, I wasn't quite this or I wasn't quite no. that. He goes, it's the same. I'm playing the same, but we're winning. You know, so people look at what I do differently. He still had a few moments this year, turnovers, whatever, that have gone the other way. But he basically yeah. said last year he did say that he forced it a little bit, but the biggest change is perception. And Sat brought it up there. He's like, he got benched yeah. while he was leading the league in scoring. So it's like there's still going to be little yeah. things with him where – well, the little things, too, sometimes for me is the, the body language. But oh, I'd sure. rather deal with his bad body language than a guy that shows nothing at all. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I want to give their front office credit here. You know, the everyone was saying, keep Horvat, get rid of Miller, don't sign Miller. I was one of the people at the time, I think I said, they should probably do a rebuild. They should probably move on from their big contracts. Um yeah, eating that one a little bit this year because it seems like they got to go in the right direction. Who's, I, I'm pretty surprised how good. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty surprised. So, yeah. JT Miller's the alpha dog in Vancouver. Who's the alpha dog in Winnipeg? Well, Blake Wheeler yeah. got sent to sent out of town, so I don't know. I could... probably Shifley, Shifley, or their current captain in Lowry. Yeah, I would say I'd probably say Shifley though. I guess, but best player doesn't necessarily mean Elf. I love this conversation. No, no, this no. Is this very, is Alpha Dog. This, this is Sports Talk Radio this America's is big conversation. Voice. We're having it. I love this, it. This is big voice. Love it. Big he, voice. Big personality. Guy that can take charge. Yeah. Everywhere on the ice and off the ice. So in Edmonton, is is that McDavid for you? Or is, of it, or is it Dry Saddle All or day long, yeah. ninety-seven. Okay. Yeah. All day long. I mean, there's a lot of really obvious ones. Ottawa, clearly Brady. Brady. Clearly. I, Brady Kachuk. He, he may be the number one uh, alpha dog in the league. Yeah. And no. he's still learning to manage that, by For the sure. way. Yeah. And yeah. they're young and... Kachuk. May not be completely ready to... It's unrefined. Channel it in a positive... <laughs> little raw. Yeah. 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 How did you phrase it? Unrefined. There you go. Yeah. Leafs? No. I, Calgary. Calgary. Uh, I'm not sure they have one. Yeah. I, I Lindholm. Like that the, Anderson. the first one that came to mind, I don't know why, was Coleman. I like Coleman a lot. No, yeah, no, but you no, can't no, be. No. Can't it's be, like when Andrew Ferentz was the captain of the Oilers. Can't like be a depth kind of, you know, lower tier. This is all baiting us to say that Matthews isn't enough. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's, we'll Caudry? get there. Caudry? <laughs> yeah. We'll get there. Caudry? Veteran guy, been on a lot of cup, win the cup. Yeah, always had that kind of swag. I, see, I, 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 I like Kadri a lot. I just don't have him as a number one he's centerpiece been the third kind best of guy. Player on his team or whatever. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so I have trouble putting Kadri in as a complete alpha dog 
Stanley Cup. I like him behind uh, Nate Send McKinnon. Your alpha dog top 10. I love this conversation. I can't tell you how much I love this conversation. Like uh, did, we cover, like did we cover? Did we cover Oh, <laughs> did we cover every uh, oh, team the in the Leafs. league? You didn't bring up the Leafs. Oh, no, I didn't bring up the Leafs. Do the Leafs have an alpha dog? Are you saying their captain John Tavares is I, not? I not even close. If I was being an alpha Morgan, dog, I was going to say Morgan Riley would say would be the guy I would pick. Morgan says the right things. He just because he does, no one interviews him. He's a passionate <laughs> guy. Like, yeah, cares. I don't know him. I or, just it doesn't steer in that direction. Uh, for me, for not Mitch, for not no, not Reeves. Mitch. Huh? Reeves, Austin doesn't. I, I'm not sure he wants that. And I think if Austin wanted to be the captain and and portray an alpha dog image, he probably could have had it by he, now. He would have been the captain if he didn't show his little hiney to somebody. <laughs> I truly right. believe that. Yeah, doesn't doesn't mean that it would have been the right choice. I agree. I, I think Tavares was the easy choice. I think it was the one that, especially after whatever happened, Could've that Morgan all along. I agree. Yeah, I actually agree. But I guess we'll find out in a couple of years. In Tavares, Montreal have one. Gallagher. Uh, no, no, no. Suzuki's no. Got too quiet. No. He's, but he's the guy who should I, I be. Think, I think. I think. guy. Oh. Gallagher, maybe a few years ago, but mm-hmm. I don't think now. But I, I think they're, they're 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 Item? yeah they're looking for one. That's, I mean, I, I don't know how many of them fit your criteria in the league where you're one of the top three guys on your team, but you're also outspoken. Yeah. Wow, well, you could pick 12 teams and go through it and I guess know I'm, for sure. Like Mark Stone's that? They have like four I'm telling team. you, I love Petrangelo too. Yeah. I think he's sneaky alpha The slash dog on dry side was pretty, uh, <laughs> yes. pretty, pretty confident. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Boston. McKinnon, 100%. Boston, no problem finding one there. Yeah. Right, uh, the you could call instead of the cats, you could call them the Florida Alpha Dogs. Yeah, every guy on that team. Yeah. All right. Okay, go that. ahead, Sammy. Boys, what a great conversation. You uh, love that. Oh, I do. Yeah. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> well, I, I listen to a lot of American sports talk. Like I like talking about basketball and everything yeah. else. And it's like that's much more of a thing you'd talk about. Anyways, right. uh, it's game time. Presented by Bet Three Six Five. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet Three Six Five. Must be nineteen plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Now, couple things. Just to looking at a few games for tonight before I get into a future. Um, I don't... So the Habs are pretty big underdogs on home ice tonight. They're plus 140 against the Seattle Kraken. The <laughs> Seattle Kraken are minus 160. And to me, watching the Seattle Kraken play teams, no. there is no way they should be favored by that over anybody. And Montreal is actually they, not that bad. They have professional hockey players and they can play. So to me, that's, a, that's an easy one for the Habs tonight on home ice. Okay. They uh, cannot... Score. No. Squids? Oh. Oh, they suck. No, they lost Schwartz for yeah. a long time. Yeah, and they got shut out by the by the Sens on Saturday night. I, I don't love them as a huge, huge favorite in Montreal. Uh, the Flyers uh, on home ice, plus 100 against the Penguins. We can listen to Torts later in the show talk about why they win so many games. But, uh, yeah, love the Flyers and love the direction. So give me the Flyers. What's, uh, what's my 100. Pittsburgh number there? Minus 120. I still like Pittsburgh. <sighs> Pittsburgh's results have not matched their process, which has been pretty good. Yep. And so the future that I wanted to bring up was, do you think the for the worst regular season record, the Sharks were such overwhelming favorites for this for so long, and now they're down to minus 150 for the worst record to finish with, and the Blackhawks are right there with them at plus 230. 
So there's been a, such a huge change from the start of the season to now for the worst team in the league. The Blackhawks and the San Jose Sharks. Go ahead. I was just saying, uh, like, San Jose Sharks hung in there at Madison Square Garden last night. They did. Scored five on the Rangers. Like, yeah. That's, I think, and half the team lost. was skating at Rockefeller Center or something for the Rangers <laughs> for that to happen. But, hey, you know, they have both, they played similar amount of games. The uh, Blackhawks are minus 29. Mm-hmm. The, the Sharks are minus 55. Yeah, you lost 10 nothing twice. That, that doesn't help. I, how is that a, an endorsement? Because those are two games. They're just one-offs. <laughs> They're just two-offs, two actually. Offs. Yeah. Yeah. So right. I just find it very interesting that, like, yeah, Right from the start of the year, we're all like, ah, oh, they're going to be by far the worst, by far the worst. And the, the third best odds for that, who do you think it is? For the worst team, mm-hmm. Columbus. Yes, correct. Columbus is there, and then it goes to Montreal, Anaheim, and then Arizona. So they don't really have a lot of options. Arizona? Yeah, but they're like Arizona's plus... Arizona's in a playoff Yeah, spot. but they're like plus 150. Okay. So it's, it's just... Anyway, so I just thought that was interesting to bring up. And it was. Okay. That was Game Time, presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus. Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and open a window in here oh or a door. God. Is there it's, a sunroof somewhere we can open up? I'm when we come back and no It has absolutely gotten way worse, right? Yeah. What is going on? I'm dying. They hate us. That's I'm melting. Like, I'm physically getting tired as the show goes on. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's napping. They're, they're trying to smoke us out. <laughs> yes, That's what's happening here. Uh, all right, but we're going to... Battle through it. Yes, pit stains and all. And we have plenty more around the NHL to get to, including a $12 million contract in Winnipeg. Who's a healthy scratch in Washington? Is it baseballs, basketballs? What is Tortorella talking about? I don't know, but I'm also looking forward to talking about baseball at some point in the show uh, because there's Soto and Otani to talk about. So we need to get to that point. Oh, no, and and a Tampa Bay argument or argument conversation yes on, we have so much show left on whether what's going on in tampa bay this was supposed to be fixed with their goalie coming back not the case for the tampa bay Lightning. as you can tell plenty more still Listen. to go on real kipper and born big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the leafs jays raptors and the nfl the jd bunkins podcast Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McGee. News and notes. Where do you want to go? Not sweating. Um, I have to go somewhere cool. Okay. My, um, my vote is lightning. Okay. Lightning. Hey, they got their lunch fed to them by yes. the Dallas Stars. Spoon fed and, their porridge. And I think it's like, I have a tough time. Are it. you all right over there? Yeah, they're all tangled up. So I think it's a horrible look. Like they're all like, oh, Vassy's like a competitor. He won't come out of the net. You gave up six, bud. You got to come out of the net. Too bad. Got to come out of the net. Too bad. Did they not pull him? He wouldn't come out. He wouldn't come out. What do you mean wouldn't come out? He wouldn't come out. The backup, what's his name there, Johansson, was getting all his gear on and wouldn't go. Wouldn't go. Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't go. That's a big deal. It's embarrassing. And you sh- that's showing up a Hall of Fame coach. I know you don't, you play no, every minute. Listen, I, I think John Cooper has really gone head and shoulders above and beyond respecting Vasilevsky over the years. Yes. In this sort of scenario. 
but to blatantly go against your head coach on a coach's decision like that listen is a listen all right let me let me just throw this out there is cooper in trouble the the big listen. thing the big thing with cooper <laughs> has been the, sammy Yes. He, he he doesn't need to to go with his Sammy guys. Thinks he's gonna get. They're gonna fire Sheldon and now get hire John oh Cooper. Oh my God! I would. The big that. thing is that Cooper doesn't need to go with these guys often because they know they know what they need to do. They can turn it on at the right time. They're ten and ten minus ten goal differential. Lost four in a row. He's lost it on them a number of times now. The goalie's not coming out of the net. I think you could say they're underachieving their roster. Or, um, or just the roster isn't that good anymore. No, but people don't admit that. You're not allowed to admit that. I, I will say this: that I, I I expect them to finish the season regardless. Yeah, but they all have a shelf life, including Cooper John Cooper, the longest tenured coach in the NHL by a good distance. So, oh it, it, have they finally? tuned them out or they finally had enough like there's some distractions out there you cannot tell me the steven stamkos contract scenario absolutely was not anywhere near a distraction Mm -hmm. looking at the longest tenured coaches in the league he is more than two years the longest tenured going back to march of 2013 so we're we're coming up actually we're past 10 years which is incredible right been there yeah. That is a really – that's longer than I thought it was. That's really good. I bet you Keith's sneaky high on that list. <laughs> you know what he is. He There is uh, one, two, three, four, five, six guys ahead of Keith. He's the seventh longest tenured coach. Wow. You know who the guy ahead of him is? Just uh, by, I don't know, four or five months? DJ Smith. Yeah. He's been around a long time with Ottawa, who I know some F- Sens fans have – Won him out yesterday. Yeah. And I think so, – Hold coach on. We're done on the Lightning? No, we're not. We're on the lightning? No. Let's, let's not lose the... Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. It, this is a very exciting time for me and my family. <laughs> I think... I'm so happy for you. I also think... <laughs> I'm thrilled. <laughs> ...that it was not a foregone conclusion that Vasilevsky was going to come back from major back surgery and just step in and be the savior for Tampa Bay. It just doesn't happen that way. You know, for my money, he's been the best goaltender of the past 10 years or whatever in the Cooper's time in the NHL. And that's probably why I, I believe he never pulled him last season, regardless of I don't what know if he happening. ever has in the last yeah. gazillion years I can remember. Well, and it's only remember, 29. Remember our playoff conversations where we would be like, how like the least ran it up on them a couple times, but they scored six and we're like, how is he not taking them yeah, out? Just take him out, give him a break. It's insane. It's a they just series. never did. Yeah. I'm not leaving. How old is he, Sammy? How old he is he? He is 29. Yeah. See, he is an incredibly young, successful goalie. It's crazy he, that he's he 29. Nine and a Listen, half if, until 2028. If he never regains uh, the status of what he had before back surgery, like, it's a pretty like darn good reason why your game falls off. Back surgery for a goalie. <laughs> I think that would be... <laughs> so, Derek's on fire. <laughs> so since 2017, 2018, 2016, 2017, these are regular season games played. 
50, 65, 53, 52, 42, 63, 60. And that doesn't even, I'm not even looking at the playoffs here. The playoff numbers are even, that's 4, 8, 17, 4, 25, 23, 23. It's just a ton of hockey. It is a so lot of games. And he, I, we, we, should, we, we should consider him like a dog. He's 29. But in goalie but in, years. In goalie years, he's like 73. Yeah. And you know what's fascinating is we sit here and talk about Cooper. Is he in trouble? It's the same thing as every coach who's ever been fired. They're the fourth last team in the NHL in team save percentage. They're getting 88% yeah. is the team save percentage Hard at this win. point. Only teams below them, Oilers, Devils, and Hurricanes. Devils have been brutal goaltending. They've got no help. They're second to last. Canes have got the worst goaltending in the NHL this year. Oilers climbing on up. Victor Hedman, 1,000 games. Mm-hmm. Another guy that's had tremendous wear and tear yeah. over those 1,000 games. And just, again, to revisit that, that, that blue line outside of Victor Hedman, how good is it? Uh, Sergeyev, we have him as, you know, according to his salary, at over $8 million, one of the better defensemen in the league. I think he's prone sometimes to look like he's made he's a roller coaster. Some, some big mistakes he, out he, there. He can look like Tyson Berry both ways some days. Zadorov, yeah. another guy known for prone mistakes. Yeah, he's minus 16 in the year. So I had been walked through this building once. He was coming here to do an interview, and he looked like that tree person in Lord of the Rings. He's a mutant. He's an absolute and mutant. And he skates like he's 6'1". Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous how good he is. Yeah. But I just, I think time, it always happens with every really good run. Like, it kind of happens quicker than you expect oh, it. Oh, Sammy just, it's over, is it? Not saying it's close to over. Oh. But I'm just saying. You're thinking for Hedman or for, for the team? For the team. Okay. Not for Hedman. I mean, Hedman will probably play 1,500 games. He'll be yeah. cruising around forever. For sure. But I just mean, like, you, it happens quicker than you expect it always. Yeah. When these teams, just a downturn happens, and it's like, oh, they're not well, as good. Ex- use up all your resources trying to yeah. not go the other way. And all of a sudden, it's like, God, did we trade Janot for five picks? Yeah, that was and not. then you don't have five picks. Mm-hmm. All right, Winnipeg Jets, Inc. Nino. El Nino. Need a rider. Three years, $12 million contract extension. I thought uh, these were going away as uh, the dodo bird. The middle class deals? Yes, the middle class. Either you're making $10 million or you're making seven hundred and fifty. There's Nino, no middle guy, but there is for Nino. Sam and I were talking about him. His, his like career earnings are fascinating. He's just always been the middle class guy who's pretty good. You And, and you love him on your team if he makes like three. And he, when he was making five, you didn't want him. So he's like that guy that been pretty it? good with Lowry and uh, Appleton. His last two contracts, he signed a two-year contract in 2022 uh, with the Predators for two years, four million dollars. Four million, and he just signed another Middle contract for three years, four million dollars. And his you other, know what? Yeah, he, he works hard. He's a strong guy. He'll shoot it in the net sometimes. Like you know what you're getting from him. No one loves him. Like that. A little fiery it'll, too. It'll expire yeah. by the time he's what 34. Not. Horrible. And he'll sign for two years, $4 million again. And, you know, <laughs> keeping him in Winnipeg. Yeah, get another $4 million contract. What, do you guys want to play the Torts clip? Yeah. Yes. So, uh, Torts really pumping up his he, team. He's like, I don't think we're very good, but we should do it. We suck. <laughs> so, no, that was old. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The clip from after they beat the Penguins in a shootout on or was it the penguins yeah i think they beat the penguins on a shoot on on saturday and then he talked about why they won the game if derek you want to play that clip no we win the game because we got balls 
We do. <laughs> we we do stupid stuff. We don't make some plays sometimes. Um, lose sight of certain momentums in the games. Uh, a number of things we have to work on and try to get consistent at. But one thing we do have is balls. There you go. Balls. Balls. <laughs> Just one more to Let me follow up. Balls. Balls. Uh, hey, okay. I, there's. Okay. I'm okay with it. But some nights where it doesn't look, you also got to say that we have no balls. Is that, yeah. <laughs> I, Can he say, it's a really does he want to go down that path? It's an interesting thing to say that, yeah, we got a lot of stupid stuff. We're not very good. I don't like, you know, some of the decisions we make, but we, you know. Oh, I will say. The size of elephant nuts. You have. <laughs> Balls. You have been critical of the Leafs this year for not being that version of success. What are you pinning it on me for? They've been called <laughs> soft for four equal. years. Oh. I'm the guy. <laughs> you are the guy. Yes. Yeah. You're not the guy now. <laughs> and where is everybody else on some nights? Like ah. Sheldon. No, you're right. Sheldon called he his own team his euphemisms. soft. He beats around the bush, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, oh, man. It's Friday. Is so, it important anymore to have these in 2023? Yeah, well, I, I think it's actually not smiled upon to use that language. To, to me, there's... No, but we can say bag skate. <laughs> Yeah, I actually did get a scolding for say the saying that Tavares was working his uh, school Balls. bag off. So, yeah, <laughs> um, working his bag off. Um, I do like, <laughs> I do like Torts sometimes. I like he's, torts. Very, he's very hit and miss. We can have me. a whole show on Torts sometimes, and his sound bites. Of course, you love him. Sometimes I hate. Him. I guess that's what I'm saying, Brooksy. <laughs> At least you talk about alpha type of guys. Yes. who will tell you what they think. Uh, John would meet that requirement for yes. Philly. Can the coach be that? Or maybe the coach should be that. Yeah, he can set a tone. Yeah. For sure. I talk it's set a tone in Vancouver. Tortorella has one in uh in Philly. So at least you know where you yeah, stand. Yeah, I think uh I think most definitely these these type of coaches can set the tone. Torts does well, that. He knows yeah, what he wants. The guys know what they want from him. Looks out to the border, the college football guys, their coaches are all the biggest stars. Yeah. That's like the whole thing is like Saban and Kirby Smart, all these guys are the biggest Dion. stars. Yeah. Coach Dion Prime. Didn't work out too hot this year, but they lost a hundred yeah. in a row. But no, it's just like, I think the coach can be the, like a star kind of, especially, I think Babcock would have been the star when, if he had been on Columbus this year, but that didn't turn out so well, did it? Yeah. So where, uh, <laughs> yeah. you mentioned briefly early before we brought it back to Tampa Bay, but you mentioned the Ottawa Senators. Big shout-out win after over come. Seattle. After losing to Columbus. After losing to Columbus. But where are we with uh, the vibe that uh, everything gets fixed with DJ Smith? I'm Team Ottawa. Leaving. I No. No, I don't think that's it. I think this team... You know what's going on right now? They haven't played any games. You look at the standings. They're with the bottom. They're actually last in the Eastern Conference, but they're nine and ten with a plus one goal differential. The teams ahead of them are minus fourteen, minus fourteen, minus nineteen, minus four. Like Ottawa is going to play more games. They've played nineteen, and Columbus has played twenty six. Look at the GR games remaining. Yeah. So if they win, you know, they play five games, they win three or four of them. All of a sudden, they're up at. Whatever that is, 23, 24 points. They're in the mix. I like Ottawa still, and I don't think they're done this year. Kipper, your uh, spidey sense about Corpus Allo, though, was... Yeah, that's not going great. It's okay, but is he's he the, is he the not... Finish, Jack Campbell? not okay. 
Yeah, I know. He's <laughs> no, no, he's okay as a, a 1B. Yeah. He's well, an 897 so yeah. far this year. Making 5 by 5 897? Yeah, 897. You know what, though? 341 kind of help him out a little bit. What's the league average now? It's, it's just over 900. It's 902, or 904. You're right. so it's, it's not, not that. crazy. And they were without Thomas Shabbat, who plays 27. One of their their number one guy in yep. terms of ice time for 10 games or something for a stretch there. So the Ottawa's too good. They got too much talent. Elliot Friedman on Saturday, I think, uh, and just prior to that, mentioned Tyson Berry allowed to shop his services. You know, when a player gets told you can go out and shop your own services he's been that's told the team else. telling him we're out of ideas yeah we what do you, what yeah. Do you mean we're out of ideas how to use you is that what you mean it's use you it's, play you, you don't have to go but you can't stay here <laughs> you know? we don't know what to do with you yeah you got any ideas <laughs> it is funny to go to the player and be like what do you could you trade yourself could we arrange this somehow and the answer is yes, because that's what good agents do. And the very first thing my brain, like a lot of Canadian teams' brains go, like, can he work in Toronto? Can he work no. in Edmonton? Can he well, work we in- saw it in both those places. I know. There's a lot of people uh, pointing to the direction of New Jersey Devils because Dougie Hamilton's out for a prolonged period of time. What did he do? He ripped his arm apart or pack. something? Torn yeah. pack. Torn, Torn pack. pack. Yeah. So everybody wants to assume that Tyson Berry can go and fill those minutes up of Dougie Hamilton's, but... He doesn't strike me as a New Jersey a devil one. No, type of guy. does to me. I can see them like him. Yeah. You know, they had Subban there for years. They, you know, Dougie Hamilton is one out? of those. Well, you know. Yeah. So, you know, Hamilton's working out pretty good. Hey, should we talk about Kuznetsov not playing this evening? Yes, Washington in disarray. That's a, that's a $5 million player not playing. That's, I that's have to believe stuff from uh, uh, Carberry. Yeah, and he made a comment that said uh, he just needs a mental reset. We need to reset his brain is another way of saying a mental reset, like get him back on some sort of good wavelength. Uh, would not be shocked were he to not be a capital on March 4th. I think they've probably tried on a few occasions. I mean, he's had some issues there, and then he's played well, and then he has some issues there, and I think we could just... Blame is shootout speed <laughs> for all of it. Um, a lot of people would like a guy who could score like him, right? We might wonder when Alex Ovechkin will go to the press box. Oh. Let's give us the OV update. What's how's de- how's his you know I just goal watch? Check. He's got one since November fourteenth. Oh, that's a lot of five, days ago. Five up to now. Still is stuck at five. Stuck at five. Boy, Kuznetsov had twelve goals last year. I missed that tidbit. Speaking of goals, Sammy, did you see Trevor Moore's goal? Oh, my God. Saturday night. I saw it. Put it his in the spin cycle. Off the charts. Yeah. Good. And. Bar down. And I saw Byfield. And who was it? That he on the bench? Just be like, oh. No, no. Byfield on the bench. Byfield and his buddy. Was it Kempe? Kopi and Kempe. Yes. They did like the. Yeah, they did a Boston. They did a Boston Bruins uh, goalie celebration. Like a, a like a like a pre-planned celly. I I'm in. I'm in on pre-planned cellies. I like them. Oh my god! I'm gonna. I, I'd crack my head over uh, my stick over your head. Yeah, if I, had I was happen. on the ice beside yeah. you. I uh, scored no T winner in Fairbanks. I get. I, I get. It's 2023. Sign my stick, and I probably have to be a little bit off. more patient what? now for cellies, but pre-planned cellies. Yeah. 
Hold is on. just energy okay, it was, wasted. You did what? Uh, well, it was right after T.O. had done yeah, it in uh, the yes, NFL. Yes, yes, yes. I scored an OT winner. A lot, Anchorage versus Fairbanks, OT winner. And by Fairbanks bench, I pretended to pull a Sharpie oh. and sign my stick and give it to someone else. Oh. I thought you actually did the Sharpie. And wow. the, the, the next, next game I lined up by a guy, Kyle Greenwood might have been his name, something like that. And he goes, that's a pretty fancy stelly for a guy who's had a bad career. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, fair enough. But no stick over the head? No, I didn't get kissed. College, you know? Oh, what you, you were lucky then. What are you going to do? A full cage. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. That's like that, so. a great Sally. Yeah. Uh, by the way, L.A.'s coming on here. Oh, they're a wagon. They're, they I definitely deserve the conversation. They're my favorite team in the league. Strong. The only thing you kind of wondered, the goaltending, but Talbot's put that to rest uh, early in the season so far but I'm I'm not sure where you want to go with that goaltending I'm sure they're keeping an eye on things around the league yeah. I would imagine goaltending wise 9-0-0 on the road it's crazy the Kings yeah. crazy and Byfield that's a, so yeah Turning into a, Byfield Kempe and Kopitar 6-2-6-3-6-5 ting 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 with a little tic-tac-toe the other night look out for that line loved him since junior That's, glad it's turning out he was awesome trying to hang juniors. on those guys in playoffs good luck Stud. all right how many games on top Sammy six got a few there I got a few. for you I don't know where they're at. Dallas and Tampa Bay. Uh, Dallas and Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa gets Dallas again. Wow. This will tell us a lot about Tampa. Are they going to give us a better showing tonight? And uh, at some point, are we going to have to talk about Arizona at all? I'm good. Playoff spot. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just say Schmaltz and Keller. I like like Keller's a good player. Yeah, really good. Our thanks today to Craig Simpson and Sat Shaw, host of Canucks Central, for joining us on Real Kipper and Born. Enjoy your games tonight. Give us a rating and review if you got a chance. We'd love to hear from you. We're back to do it all again tomorrow on The Real Kipper and Born Show.